1: Hello and welcome to the Runners World Podcast with me, Rick Pearson. And me, Ben Hobson. Today we're speaking with Tom Craggs. He's going to tell us the answer to that eternal running question. How do I get faster?
2: That'd be really good.
1: Oh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's a big question, isn't
2: it? Huge question. There's probably like some caveats that we should like launch into this. That like, when we say faster, we mean not like we mean your personal speed. For sure. We're not trying to define fast in the running world. It's all those sorts of things that people get like on, you know, like Strava titles, yeah. fast, yeah, 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 you yeah. Know, slow, easy run. Yeah, 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 go, yeah. Oh, that's my race pace, right? You know, it's that. So when we say it's about applicable elements of like training and how you can adapt your body to basically run faster, exactly, any distance, any yeah. ability.
1: Just faster. It's a huge thing to take on in a twenty-five to thirty-five minute podcast, (laughs) but we're going to give it a go. We're nothing if not ambitious here. Nothing if not. Well, best be fast with it. Yeah. Hey, how's your own? How's your own running been? You've been. um, Oh, cool You've been running among the animals, haven't you?
2: Oh yeah. I mean, and this might influence a future podcast. I have no problem. I grew up running in in North Wiltshire and and would encounter animals on on a varying size and attitude. Okay. On on different runs, friendly ones, (laughs) mean ones, grouchy ones. (laughs) Yeah and but yeah i was running the other day and um back in the west country and came to like a gate that was right next to a farm right and and as i sort of turned around and there was like there was no option apart apart from to get try and get past these two horses lovely horses and i thought horses are friendly but in my in in my uh in my pocket i had like some energy chews and they could smell them they quite clearly was 'Cause that's where the noses went, Oh hello, no, right. you know, big old shunting. noses. I oh, love a goon, yeah, 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 yeah. Can I get enough Morton horses? <laughs> Absolutely love it. Um and then yeah, so I was then sort of trapped by these two horses, and I suddenly went, Well, I, I kind of know that horses aren't like vicious, but mm. still these guys aren't letting me get anywhere. Like so I had to sort of like push past them. And then yeah. I had that sort of thing where I was behind a horse and I mean that's obviously the worst place to be. Yeah. Especially if you just like walked off with their sweets essentially. Absolutely, yeah, yeah. So then I was slightly worried, I sort of slightly raised the air, sort of like, oh, oh, all right, this is fine. But then within about 50 yards was another field that was full of cows. And I was just like,
1: maybe we should do a podcast about Absolutely. how runners should deal with animals. I think the cow thing is, I've done a bit of running on the South Downs Way, and there's, yeah. there's lots of cows in oh, there. Yeah. And as a as a, like a city dweller, it's you kind of think, because you hear horror stories about cows, right? Like actually yeah. they're not like the kind of sweet bovine kind of calm <laughs> they? Yeah. aren't they? Oh, yeah. no, let's, let's get to the truth. Exactly, yeah. Yeah. You don't want beef of a cow. But. <laughs> um so yeah, so yes, it's yes. kind of like, what do I um what do I do? Do I go round it? Do I go I think, through the cat? Yeah, I mean no, and then you start do you
2: do like it? working out how you're like, should you be bowing your head and not making eye contact with the cow? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like do yeah. you know what I mean? So um We need a podcast. We need a podcast, don't we? We need a podcast in this. So we'll cover off I reckon we should do obviously dogs. Yeah. Because they're probably like a runner's most
1: sort of yeah and the, mo- the most common thing you're going to uh, come across yeah. to animals yeah, yeah, and then yeah. anyone who runs
2: in the countryside will have cows and other yeah. livestock yeah let's do that i mean sheep just they're just lovely. sheep's fine isn't That's it fine but, it? but a ram, a ram. ah no,
1: the ram is you shouldn't ultimately like, there should be certain you're from the countryside you know this but you shouldn't as a walker on a public route encounter certain animals such as a ram no, rams such as should a be in. it shouldn't happen very often, right?
2: I mean, they should be in different fields, really. Yeah. yeah so still, yeah. we will
1: try and tick that one off as well because I mean, you don't want to be getting rammed.
2: No way. No way. No way. Um, all right, there we go. So yeah, um, and well, other but, bits of running hey, well, fine. We were just talking. avian,
1: avian life. The, the sort of the talons, the <laughs> kind of great falcon. Yes,
2: <laughs> we need to include that as well. Yeah, yeah. but. um yeah, running's been fine. We were talking just a second ago about strength work, which again, another podcast yeah, coming yeah, soon. For sure. But um, yeah. I've been neglecting it, and I can feel it. Yeah. So this is just a just a small little cur- you know courtesy reminder to everyone: do your strength
1: work twice a week.
2: Twice a week, because yeah. I haven't been, and my knees hurt yeah. again. I need to do more gym
1: stuff. Yeah, I think it's often the way, isn't it? You kind of need. It's Unfortunately, you need a little tell from your body to be like, oh, actually, uh, uh, gladly not a big tell. Hopefully, mm. just the smallest of little, like, yeah, yeah. All right,
2: all right. Oh, someone's I mean, been neglecting their thing. Yeah. yeah, that's me. So, um, yeah, I might, I might, I might ease off. Might not do any running and just focus on that. Okay. for a bit. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's winter now, anyway. It matter. Mm, base training, whatever, something. yeah, something like that. So, um, yeah. Maybe I'll just do some hardcore gym stuff.
1: Sounds good, mate. Sounds good. Hey, yeah. look, let's, let's get on our guest of the week to answer the, the eternal question.
2: How can I get faster? How can I get... Please, Tom, tell us. <laughs> guest of the
1: week. Here in the studio. Guest of the week. Sometimes on the phone. Could be an athlete. Could be a physio park our guest this week is a national Incurious manager for England Athletics and a columnist for a runner's world he's here to tell us the answer to the eternal running question how do I get faster so Tom welcome back to the podcast
3: thank you very much yeah we've got a um, a big one to tackle this time
1: yeah um, yeah, yeah. <laughs> big, for, big one limited time d- let's d- go d- definitive <laughs> answer um, <laughs> right broadly speaking Tom what needs to happen to a runner's body to allow them to run at quicker speeds yeah so um, <clears throat> there's
3: when we talk about Running faster, uh, things can get a little bit complex, and some of it's around semantics. What do we actually mean about getting faster? I think for most uh, most of the listeners, they're going to getting faster is a relative term. So, yeah. so what we mean is we want to get faster over a particular distance or at a particular event. Now, that's a little bit different from from being literally able to run faster in a mechanical sense if yeah. that makes sense yeah, yeah. so let, let me give you an example um so when we talk about speed training and it's a term that's thrown about a lot as distance runners how do i do speed training or when i want to get faster i should do some speed training for most running coaches speed training isn't really the type of sort of interval training or fast training that most distance runners do. When we talk about speed training, we're talking about training that is specifically designed to get you recruiting fast twitch muscle fibers and allow you to mechanically move your body quicker, right. if that makes sense. Yes. Yeah. Essentially, sprinting or a kind of distance runner's version of sprinting, and that does play an important part of getting faster, which I'll come on to. But for most people, if you want to get faster mm-hmm. as a distance runner, we need to get ourselves what i'd say sort of metabolically fitter so we need to pr- improve our cardiovascular fitness um and the way that our body utilizes energy and oxygen and make ourselves essentially more economical more efficient in the way that we use oxygen so as we can run these longer distances that most of us train for and when i say longer distances this could be anything from 800 meters up to an ultra marathon. effectively that's long distance in running terms um to allow us to do that more economically. Now, obviously, if you're training for an 800-meter race, there is a greater weighting towards your your body needs to be able to mechanically move very quickly as well as having this kind of good system of utilising oxygen to produce energy. And we need to be able to recruit other energy sources as well. If we run for longer distances, 5K, 10K, marathon, etc., more and more, and the longer that we go getting faster is more and more weighted towards becoming um, uh, a test of how, how well we use oxygen and how well we use energy if that makes sense and that's important um, because generally a lot of distance runners particularly most experienced distance runners when they talk about I want to get faster they'll often think that the best way to do that is okay, okay well let me chuck interval training then. In. let me do some faster running and I'll get quicker that that can happen but it isn't the only route to getting faster sometimes you can get faster by running more slowly um and that sounds counterintuitive but we can get faster by running more slowly if as a product of running more slowly our body is more efficient more economical um, in how it utilizes oxygen and that we're able to control fatigue a little bit better when we race so and when we train at low intensities, and we talked about this before, when we train at low intensities or when we train at sort of a controlled discomfort, what some people call threshold or tempo running, um, our body can learn to or build, becomes quite good at using it the way that it shunts oxygen around your body. And we start to recruit more capillaries, so the little blood vessels that, that um, shunt oxygen around to your working muscles, uh, our body can... Um, Uh, utilize and expand upon the mitochondria, which is kind of like our our energy factory, if you like, within ourselves. Um, So all of these processes that can actually take place running slowly will actually help us run quicker. So sometimes um, running faster in a race isn't always about running faster in training, if that makes sense. Yeah, that is. So we come at it at two angles. We need to be mechanically able to run quicker, but we also need to be able to have the, the right utilisation of energy systems and be cardiovascularly kind of, um, I don't like this term particularly, but aerobically very strong. Um, so we need to be good at utilising oxygen. Um, so getting faster. Yeah, it's, it's complex. And you need to understand, I think, your starting point. What are my limiters? Am I mm-hmm. being limited? Because actually, I could be quite a lot fitter from a cardiovascular standpoint or you know what i'm pretty fit you know perhaps i've just run a marathon and i've kind of got all of this you know i'm really good at the way at my my kind of aerobic side of my training but actually i haven't really done much in the way of fast running recently in which case maybe it is the quicker work that you're missing so i think it's about understanding your starting point you know yeah
2: so, is there anything, Tom? You mentioned the intervals there, and people just going out and doing the sort of tempo and harder stuff. Is it, can that be counterproductive to to getting faster? And I asked just from the from the fact of incorporating things like stress into training and fatigue and things like that, and how uh, the sort of about that, as you say, striking a balance between adaptation being good and then overdoing it.
3: Yeah, definitely. So there's, there's two, two two aspects to that. Um, one of them is if you do a lot of higher intensity training um so what does that mean in practice most people listening higher intensity training let's say you're doing interval training at intensities you, you might only be able to hold for 10 15 20 maybe 30 minutes in a race situation so for most of the listeners that might be running at 3k pace 5k pace 10k pace and you're doing a lot of that in sort of interval sessions in training um for some people listening, that will represent a, a higher injury risk. Not for everybody, but for some people, it will do um, because we need to. We're, we're recruiting more muscle fibres. There's greater impact, um, and we're we're creating a bigger stress, which means your body needs to recover from that stress. Um, from a, a kind of a hormonal point of view, if you like, um, an adrenal point of view. So we, we elevate elevate stress hormones. You know, are your recovery protocols? Is your wider life stress? in a good enough place to be able to recover from that high intensity work so we can increase our injury risk from doing higher intensity work for some people though it's not just about the injury risk it's about what is their key limiter at the moment in training so i'll give you an example you know some of the very best distance middle distance runners so these are fast runners if you like in the world at the moment don't do masses of really high intensity training so if I think of the Inga Britons in particular of kind of famous at the moment or Jakob in particular of being very even when they're doing their sort of interval training for want of a better word they're very tightly controlled with how hard they run and it isn't just about injury management although that is aspect an aspect of it to a point what it's about is about really looking at saying well what makes me good as a distance runner what the, in terms of what my body needs to do supporting my physiology what do i need to be really good at doing um and by running his faster sessions in a really controlled way and being very aware of not going beyond and again we talked about this on previous podcasts you so delve into it if you want to kind of lactate threshold or lactate turn point as some people might call it um Staying in that area that is a kind of controlled discomfort. So for most people, not going much beyond probably a 10k to half marathon type effort. Um, they are really trying to focus on developing the aspects of their energy system and their fitness that are most suited to this kind of aerobic cardiovascular uh, type of type of racing that we all do and even for like a mile 1500 meter race primarily our body is very reliant on a good aerobic system rather than doing this really high intensity anaerobic what we call so reliant on energy systems that rely less upon oxygen to produce energy which our body so our body draws energy in different ways but this high intensity stuff so our 1500 meter pace running 3k pace running 5k pace running tends to focus a lot more on what we call these kind of anaerobic energy sources. Well, actually, they play a part in some of the races that we do, but they don't play as big a part as the, as the meat, as the bulk of what we do, the foundational stuff. that And that's the kind of... kind of stuff. So The reality is you can get very fit not actually running that fast sometimes in training.
2: This is the Runner's World Podcast.
0: When you're ready to pop the question, the last thing you want to do is second-guess the ring.
4: A lot can happen in three years, like a chatbot may be your new best friend.
0: But what won't change? Needing health insurance, United Healthcare Tri Term Medical Plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage that lasts nearly three years in some states. Learn more at uh onecom
1: dot am, am I right in thinking that we, we could, there, there is a program out there for a certain person who could do like you're saying some ten k and half marathon stuff, Inga Britson type effort? And then really quick stuff that is more about mechanics, i.e., I mean, you can tell us about this, but we're talking about sort of six seconds of effort. Can you tell us about that? Because that's we, we, is, that, is yeah. that a way of almost like not cheating getting quick, but it, it feels like a bit of a hack in, in some on some levels?
3: Yeah, sure. So uh, obviously one of the dangers is if you're doing a lot of easy and steady running uh, and maybe some of this control, very controlled tempo threshold type running, the risk of that, of course, is that you don't... You, mechanically you don't get that kind of feeling of higher intensity and quicker running that you then have to go and explore when you race particularly over like 3k 5k 1500 meters to a point ten k as well depending how quick you are so we can kind of go some way to doing some of that genuine speed development with these really short sort of higher intensity um, efforts that are more akin to sprinting um, I, I, and I guess for most distance runners, that's quite a difficult thing to do on the flat. So for, for most of us, or for most runners that I work, they might start doing that on a hill. So maybe you kind of go, you've got a hill, and you, you do a good, really good warm-up with all the bits and pieces you need to do to warm it well, and then you, you get near-maximal intensity, which for most distance runners is probably more like a 400-metre type intensity, but yeah. whatever. Eight, the six, eight, probably max, absolute maximum of 10 seconds, but probably more like six to eight seconds. Really ask of yourself the very best you can give in each footstep, if you can imagine that. Like each foot strike, you're trying to recruit as much intensity as you can. Six to eight seconds and then take a really long recovery, maybe two minutes. And you might repeat that you know, four, five, six times. Um, and over the course of a number of weeks, as you get used to that sort of intensity, recruiting those muscle fibers, you might start to take that work onto a flatter route. So we shift away from the hill the hill can kind of almost mimic some of the okay. speed and we start to practice doing on a flat. And then maybe if you've got that aerobic side of your training right, that's the stuff that you can start to extend. So maybe you kind of shift that onto some 100, 150 metre efforts or you do more of them. Okay. Or you extend it over time to maybe 200 metres or 400 metres. So we build speed first and then we extend it, mm, if that, that makes is. sense. Mm. But, a, but that needs to sit concurrently to all the easier stuff you cannot you well for most distance runners unless you're doing something else in your life that is really good at developing your aerobic system you're doing later cycling commuting to and from work or you know whatever for most of us we can't get faster by just doing the quick stuff Mm. alone
4: if that makes sense
3: it's got to sit in tandem with that big foundation of aerobic uh training if that makes
2: sense and on that note of the additional training outside of running is faster does that mean more gym does that mean or is that an uh, is there a sort of a point where you have to be like well if I want to run faster and I need to have that adaptation I've got to start lifting some different weight?
3: Yeah, look, gym with a gym with a purpose. Yeah. I think is is probably the way that we would think about it. So strength work, strength work, work with a purpose. Um, I think it's it's very easy to do strength work, but not really necessarily get that much stronger. <laughs> so we're in case you're not really doing strength work, but it's easy to go to the gym uh, and move weights about for a long period of time, but not necessarily develop the type of uh, muscle fibres on neural recruitment to help you get run faster. So what do we know? Well you know different athletes need different things and that some of that's based upon genetics okay so some athletes will respond to you know going to the gym on a slightly lighter weight and you know circuits and things like that some athletes need to recruit those big muscle fibers those fast twitch muscle fibers with heavier lifts and doing less reps but certainly things like plyometrics very controlled primetrics, so like this is j- these jumping exercises, and I don't mean really big stuff that a sprinter might do. It it can be really simple hopping and skipping exercises. Sometimes can be really effective as a part of that getting faster mix because it's about being able to for our bodies to be able to almost have that bit of um, kind of muscular tension, if you like. It's very hard to run quick if you don't have that stiffness when your foot contacts the ground. So there's a bit of developing that reactive stiffness and force. So that's when the plyometrics come in. And, and that's why generally, for most distance runners, getting a little bit of guidance, like not everybody can afford their own strength and conditioning coach or PT, but getting a little bit of guidance about, okay, what, who, what am I like? You know, what's my physiology like? And, you know, with the limited time that you've got available, what's the most effective way you can use that kind of non-running time to contribute to getting faster? Because Certainly, if you go for nothing, trying to get into the gym and doing very heavy deadlifts or very heavy back squats and high intensity plyometrics, that is an injury yeah. risk, or it will leave you tired, yeah. probably. <laughs> yeah. So, it's a balancing yeah. act, but you've got to think about what you, you know the reasons why you're doing things if that makes sense. And definitely, a little bit of high intensity will work. Getting used to recruiting those fast twitch muscle fibers, a little bit of plyometric work can definitely fit definitely for a lot of runners make quite a big difference i would suggest and studies do back that up for sure you know um particular plyometric work very important Mm. aspect to running economy as much as we understand it at the moment how
1: much of this higher intensity speed work does a runner need to do we don't have to talk we everyone's gonna be running different amounts of days in the week so let's talk sort of percentages tom maybe um in terms of that compared (laughs) to easy Mm -hmm. running.
3: Yeah, look, I, I mean, we talked before about this kind of 80-20 type approach. Um, and I think, you know, um, that, that's something that people can explore. You, you, you know, I think that, that maybe that balance will probably shift depending on where you're at in your training a little bit. Um, that said, I think for most people, um, we might at times over-rely. And this is a bit of an idea. It's almost the opposite of what people think. Oh, I'm not doing enough high-intensity work. I think for sometimes we can try to shortcut getting faster by doing higher intensity training. And it's not really how your body works. The kind of the high intensity work does something almost slightly different. See, that hard um, interval training is complementary to doing your kind of easy, controlled and very controlled tempo and special work in easy and steady runs. So you kind of need to do a bit of a, a, a blend of both, if that makes sense. So, um, how often? Well, I, I, I would say probably, well, I would, I would say for the, the vast majority of members, certainly no more than 20% of your weekly your, your week trading volume. Um, what's that mean in practice? Well, probably if I was training four or five times a week, I, only one of those sessions would be some kind of higher intensity work. Um, now, you might, be, you might be training less than that. And if you're training less than that, we well, don't necessarily have to think in a seven-day cycle. Because if you think, well, I'm only training two or three times a week, so I'm going to do, I'm going to do interval work every other time I train. Well, you might get away with doing that because you're you're not training very often, so your injury risk is quite low. But it won't necessarily get you any fitter. Well, it might get you fitter, but it might not necessarily get you faster. So you, that, at that point, that's when to say, well, actually, forget the high intensity work, and actually, if you could. If you could squeeze them an extra run in your week, you'll probably get faster. Even if it's just a thirty minute job, you're probably gonna end up getting faster. Or you kinda of go in the to instead of planning my training on a weekly basis, I'll extend it out to ten days, two weeks, and I'll do, you know, uh an interval well, or I'll have higher intensity training every, you know, ten to twelve days or something like that. So you kind of get creative with it. That said, I think my key message here is I'm not saying that higher intensity training doesn't get me faster and isn't complimentary to get it faster it is but it won't get you there in a race unless you do that that controlled that all of that easy running steady running and some training sessions where you're running faster but you're very tight with what we call your intensity regulation and and, and don't don't run too hard um, so yeah frequently but probably not as frequently as people actually end up yeah, doing yeah. a lot of the time
1: top Ta- Tom, um, I think that that is that's a masterful attempt to talk about speed work in twenty minutes. <laughs> I feel like people can listen to that and they, they're going to they're going to walk away from this podcast knowing a lot they're gonna more than they started. Right? Yeah, but not too often. Not too no. often. <laughs> not too often. They're going to go. They're going to sort of. Not too yeah. often. Not too yeah. far. Yeah. They're going to move away in a kind of <laughs> con- controlled discomfort. Uh, is there? Yeah. Yeah. That can be the subtitle yeah. of our podcast. Yeah. Look, I think
3: it is. Think of it as you've got a speed side to your training, you've got an endurance side to your training. The further are from your race, the probably more polarised that is. So you, 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 your speed work is, is probably very short, very quick and high intensity. Um, and then as you move towards your race, it probably gets a little bit slower and a little bit longer. and We kind of extend it out, but build the foundations first. So your easy, steady run, there's a very controlled tempo work. And then your foundation of speed is, yeah, like I said, these really short efforts that we extend over time.
1: Tom, thank you so much, yeah. so much yeah. for your time and for your wisdom again. We really appreciate you getting on the podcast talking about this. Um, That's a pleasure. No, it's always yeah, we pleasure. love to have you back on at some point to, to sort of t- to try and tackle t- another t- like, massive yeah, topic. Yeah, like <laughs> what, what, what's the meaning of life? Perhaps in, in just in ten minutes would be good.
3: Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I mean by that point I'll have worked it all yeah. out. So give me two okay, or yeah, three
2: great. minutes later, we'll you know. and I'm sure we'll get Thank, you, thank you, Tom. <laughs> thank you very much. Cheers, Tom. Cheers, again. Take it thank easy. Thanks.
1: So that brings us to the end of this week's Run As World podcast. A huge thanks to our guest, Tom Craggs, and to you, of course, for listening. You can subscribe to three issues of Run As World for just £5. Head to
2: runnersworldcom UK podcast offer to get this exclusive listener offer. Also, just subscribe to the magazine as a whole. That's a pretty good idea. You get 12 issues a year. It's good stuff. Um, thank you for listening. You'll hear from us next week.
0: Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things.